Hey guys, welcome to Active Ingredient, the podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Wheel, and I'll be taking a deep dive into why people do what they do and what it is that drives them. I believe every single person has an active ingredient to them, aka a purpose, and all you have to do is uncover what that is and activate it. I'm looking at people across the board with fancy titles like editors and chiefs, founders and CEOs, to under the radar activists who are changing the world one person at a time. I want to get to the bottom of how they discovered their passion, how they channel their talent consistently, and ultimately, how their active ingredient is making the world a better place. Today's episode is with the incredible Zoe LePage. Zoe is the executive director of Exhale to Inhale, the nonprofit organization that teaches trauma-informed yoga with a methodology developed specifically to help survivors of domestic and sexual violence. Zoe founded the nonprofit in 2013 as a senior at Barnard College, after her teacher tasked the students in the class with creating a social action project that would change the world, and her mind immediately jumped to yoga. And it wasn't just her love of yoga that inspired Exhale Inhale. Zoe says her own personal experiences with friends and family who are survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault were ultimately the ones who motivated her to create the organization. Zoe has made waves over the course of this five-year journey, with now more than 2,000 survivors having experienced healing through yoga. There is literally nothing that can stop this girl. And above all else, Zoe's mission is to provide a safe space for survivors to reclaim agency over and reconnect with their bodies after experiencing trauma. And with that, let's get to the interview with Zoe LePage. All right, we are here with Zoe LePage. Zoe, thank you so much for being on my podcast. It means a lot. Thank you for having me. Okay, Zoe, so for people that don't know what you do, can you kind of give us a a little rundown? Sure. So my name is Zoe LePage, and I'm the founder of Exhale to Inhale, which is a New York City-based nonprofit that brings trauma-informed yoga to survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault. And you also are a trainer at the class, right? Yes, I'm also a teacher at the class by Taryn Toomey here in New York. So can you kind of walk me back to, actually, let's take it back to your first job. What was your first job? Um, Well, I guess to back up even further than that. um, So I went to Barnard College here Mm -hmm. in New York. Um, I had about three different majors, kept changing my mind, Um, ultimately majored in psychology and was part of a women's leadership program at Barnard called the Athena Center for Leadership Studies, in which we learned the history of women's leadership, leadership skills, and then senior year, we're given the project of changing the world somehow. Amazing. Yeah. And I mean, there is something to be said for being young and fearless because I was like, sure, I'll do that. Yeah. So I had done my yoga teacher training when I was 17 mm-hmm. at Yoga Works here in New York. I was, I took a gap year between high school and college, um, had been going through a tough time in my own life and found a lot of personal healing in yoga. And so being the person that I am, I decided to just jump in and do a 200-hour teacher training. Um, So then when you fast-forwarded to senior year of college and I was given this assignment of changing the world somehow, I knew I wanted to do something with yoga. Um, Were you teaching the whole time from when you were 17 through this project? So I did night teacher training as many of us did Mm -hmm. with no intention of teaching. I just was curious and wanted to deepen my practice. Um, And then about a year later, started teaching yoga on campus um, at at Barnard. Um, Every Saturday morning, we would transform the engineering, the cafeteria of the engineering building, which is 
the ugliest building on campus, we would transform that into our yoga studio. Amazing. Um, it was incredible. And, you know, Barnard, Columbia are pretty stressed out, high achieving campuses. Mm-hmm. And so I saw yoga work in my peers, right? People came from like studying hours on end at the library and stressed about exams, social pressures, and there was just a peace and a calmness after every yoga class. So both in my own life and, and, and teaching to my peers, I really saw yoga work, um, which is why by the time I was a senior, I knew if I was going to change the world, I wanted to do it through yoga. Um, and then, you know, I, I want, I needed to drill down of like, what would that actually look like? Right. Um, and so I wanted to bring yoga to individuals who didn't normally have access to it. Um, because I know, yeah, I feel like yoga can also seem like such a privileged kind is. of workout. It is. And yoga, it shouldn't be. It is. I mean, there's so many barriers, um, to, to going to yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, you know, oftentimes, a a small socioeconomic group that have access to it. And, and I was fortunate enough to be a part of that when I really needed yoga. Um, but I was aware that not everyone had that same level of access. Um, it's pretty awesome that you were able to see that though, because I feel like at that age, a lot of people are kind of asleep to that Yeah, and like more focusing yeah. on fixing their own anxiety center or whatever yeah. it is that they're going through. No, it, it is true. And I think, um, it, it was kind of in my face though. Um, so I have a family member who's a survivor of domestic violence and I had a few friends during college who were survivors of sexual assault. Um, and I saw the impacts of their experiences of their trauma the impacts it had on them, not only, you know, in the week after, the months after, but but decades later, years later, um, seeing how they were impacted by their experience. So it was really as simple as that. I, I knew the power of yoga in my own life. You know, I was aware of, of my loved ones who I thought could benefit from yoga. And I really feel like I was just the person in the middle being like, wait, there's this tool, there's this practice there's this whole population of people. Let's matchmake here. Um, so what's the first step? Like, how did you, you saw this, this opening. How yeah. do you kind of like take that first leap? Google. <laughs> Google is the first step. Um, no, no, but in all seriousness, um, I consulted a few, a few people because mm-hmm. um, I wasn't sure, right? Like whenever you come up with an idea, that's it's incredibly vulnerable to be like, I want to put this thing out into the world. Um, and, you know, so I consulted, you know, Jody Rufty, who led my teacher training, Amy Tobin, who attended my teacher training with me, and, and I got coffee with them. And I was like, hey, I have this idea. What do you think? And luckily, they were they were like, yes, build it and they will come, right? This is, this is worthwhile. Um, and what did you envision at this time? What did I envision at this time? Um, I mean, it was really as simple as as bringing yoga directly to survivors who wouldn't have access to it. Um, so once I kind of got some reassurance from people that I respected, mm-hmm. I did Google. Um, <laughs> I started to just, you know, I set up a Google Doc and Googled, you know, like domestic violence survivors in New York City, um, got a list of organizations and agencies and they boldly started calling and emailing people cold. Okay. Um, and I also came up with the name, you know, it's funny. I feel like 
I mean, I guess I only have the experience I have, but I would imagine if someone's, you know, creating a company or writing a book, there's, there's often a long search for like, what will this be called? Mm-hmm. That did not exist for me. Um, I knew because in a week that it was going to be called exhale to inhale, um, Jody, who led my teacher training, um, and I honestly don't know if she said it one time or hundreds of times, but um, I remember her saying, sometimes we need to let go of that which is no longer serving us in order to fill ourselves back up. Am I going to cry? <laughs> and when I heard that, like, in my mind, I just translated that into, like, we need to exhale to inhale. Um, it's like you need to be in darkness to see the light. Exactly. You need to, like, go through the rough to see the, the All star. of that and, and at some point the darkness needs to be, like – part of the fuel or part of like the stepping stone, right? Because we can also get very stuck in, in what has happened to us. Mm-hmm. Um, that it kind of like defines you. Exactly. Um, and, and for me, exhale to inhale is really about like empowerment and tapping into inherent resilience, inherent strength. Um, it's not about fixing or saving people. So it was, I mean, it, it was that humble and that simple in the beginning um, of, you know, calling and emailing shelters and, and agencies. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm to this day super grateful for the individuals who took meetings with this young um, college senior who had yeah. this idea. Um, and, and simultaneously, I was trying to recruit teachers. So... I had a pretty big yoga network in New York just from Mm -hmm. having done my teacher training there. Um, For those people, I guess everyone listening to this podcast who doesn't know me, I I take myself very seriously. So I was like, I had like a 10 question like interview guide. I like set up coffee dates with all these yoga teachers to like interview them for this volunteer position. Um, You're so cute. Yeah, I wish I could find what those questions were. Um, But... Yeah, I, you know, again, it was what kind of struck me in in those meetings with those initial teachers um, was that I didn't really have to convince anyone that this was valuable or that this would be something for them to get involved with. You know, the story that I kept hearing um, was that everyone... I, I would almost dare to say everyone who practices yoga, but specifically everyone that was coming our way, um, you know, many of them had experiences of domestic violence and sexual assault themselves. And if it wasn't that particular experience, I would say most teachers had come to yoga and decided to teach yoga as part of their own healing, right? Like you were talking about, like people who have seen the darkness are seeking the light. Um, and everyone said, you know, I've wanted to give back. I've wanted to be involved in something like this. I just didn't know how or where or why. Um, and so again, not to understate what I was doing, but you know, there were these, these amazing yoga teachers that wanted to give back. And then there were these organizations that were like, yes, our clients need this. We just don't have access. We just don't have resources. And so to be that kind of person in the middle being like, hey, you, meet you, great, let's go, um, such privilege. Yeah. Um, And it really came from this, like, intuitive place, right? Um, Trauma-informed yoga as a field is relatively new. um, 
but I had no idea. Do right? you have training in that? Um, so I didn't at the time. <laughs> um, it, you know, again, the, one of the things that, that I would say is one of my favorite like characteristics of myself. That sounds like a weird thing to say, but I do think it's an asset. Um, I'm, I'm usually pretty aware of like what I don't know and what skills that I don't have and eager to seek out the people that do. Um, That's such a invaluable. Oh, people who pretend skill. like they have it figured out. I'm like, no, that should make you nervous. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I pulled in a couple of people for our first initial quote unquote training, which was a two hour conversation. Um, but over the course of the last five years, we've developed our own 17 hour teacher training. Wow. Um, yeah. We have a 17 hour teacher training that has like a 60 page manual. Um, Zoe, this is crazy. Like I a didn't real know that. Thing. It's a real thing. Um, so we've developed our, our methodology. Um, we've taken many te- different trauma informed teacher trainings and, and pulled out what we consider to be best practices. Um, and then we've also refined the method based on, you know, real world experience, yeah. right? Cause it's, you can learn something in a very clinical setting and then you go into a domestic violence shelter and for instance like if you don't make eye contact with the students that's dehumanizing yeah right? so we've we've made tweaks along the way and have by, you worked with any like therapist psychologists to kind of identify what these characteristics are that you need yeah i mean so we've definitely done and i'm by no means the 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 soul brain behind all of this um but we've definitely you know many of the trainings we've attended have mm-hmm. been with you know psychologists psychiatrists um and throughout the years we've you know we've pulled in people to like hey take a look at this how is this landing um you know, as an organization, we're constantly refining. After each teacher training we do, we seek feedback from the people that were in the room, what worked, what didn't. Um, Is it always in group settings? Yeah, it's always in group settings. Um, Yeah, I mean, our last training that we did downtown had 35 people in it. Wow. So it's, um, yeah, it's, you know, there's clearly... And are all classes that you do group setting also? Yeah. Um, So currently all of our classes... um, we have a few public classes in yoga studios, but you know, I'd say 95% of our classes we hold in domestic violence shelters, rape crisis centers. So as we were saying, there are so many barriers mm-hmm. to getting onto your yoga mat. So we're trying to minimize any of those logistical barriers to, and we bring yoga, you know, where survivors are. Right. So, so what, what would you say are those barriers? I mean, money, money, money is a huge barrier, right? Like I didn't even know what your average yoga class costs here in New York. It's like $30 to $35. Yeah. Um, many of our students think that yoga is specifically not for them. Right? If you look at Instagram, it looks like a yogi is a blonde, white, skinny female doing yoga on the beach. Right. Right. Um, and so a lot of our students, you know, don't fit that picture. Do you right? call it yoga to them? We do call it yoga. And it's, it's, that's actually a really interesting question because it's one that we've had conversations around, right? Yeah. Does the word yoga put people off? Um, and so a, a lot of the work that we do is kind of socializing what yoga is. Yeah. So I, I have the privilege, um, of often going to our shelters in advance of the first yoga class and sitting around with a group of clients in a circle and talking with them about like, what do you think yoga is? And getting them to share their ideas and um, 
helping them understand, you know, that you can wear jeans to our yoga class. You can do yoga sitting from a chair. You don't need to be able to touch your toes. Um, and, and really meet, our goal is to meet our students where they're at, right? And for me, seeing that, that moment where a client goes from like sitting with her arms folded, staring me down, no way I'm not doing yoga to like uncrossing her arms, sitting up a little straighter and maybe, you know, like arching and rounding her spine. Like those like little access points are like, that's your active ingredient. Yeah. I mean, it breaks my heart in the best way. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're getting through. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. And it's, I mean, that's what, that is what sustains me because, you know, don't get me wrong. Running a nonprofit is, that was my next question. Like how, how do you fund it? How do you make sure that you have enough teachers? Like what, yeah. What does it take to get, get the wheels turning? A lot of emails. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in terms of how we, we fund the nonprofit, it is mostly through donations, yeah. um, largely individual donations, which looks like, you know, crowd rise, $5 here, $10 there. Um, we've had several, you know, individuals hand us checks for a couple thousand dollars, which is always lovely. Amazing. Um, you know, some corporate, corporate sponsorships, grants, um, you know, it is, it's funny, you know, I, I'm obviously in this because I, I believe in empowering survivors, right? Baseline, um, you know, I, I do believe that the, some of the experiences that we have in our life can, you know, break us down um, and, you know, get us off track. But, like, there is an inherent strength, there's an inherent resilience to us um, and helping individuals tap into that. Um, I also am in it because, you know, I love the community that I'm building, that we're building for our yoga teachers. And I'm also an entrepreneur. Like I, I worked in management consulting for two and a half years. I didn't know that. Yeah. While I was, you know, I'm a little, a little crazy, but, um, I worked in management consulting for two and a half years when I first started Excel to inhale. So I did both mm-hmm. for a while. Um, and I like, I love a good Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, you know, so I actually hate them more than anything. Oh my goodness. Just send them to me. I'll yeah. do them for you. Uh, <laughs> I despise them. My boyfriend does them all for me. Oh, it's a good man. Um, but you know, like, although it is stressful and, mm-hmm. and taxing, like, I love that problem of like, great. Okay. I need to raise a hundred thousand dollars this year. How am I going to do that? Okay. What are the revenue streams I can build in? Okay. What are our costs? Like all those kinds of things, um, you know, about trying to run a sustainable nonprofit is, is super exciting. Have you had any nonprofit mentors that have kind of like helped guide you no but I would love some (laughs) anyone is it's like it's just really inspiring to see someone like fight the good fight and like figure it out without having like any sort of prior kind of pathway yeah how did you literally hustling in google yeah hustling in google I mean it it is not just me though I'll be I'll be very clear on that so um well so the staff right now um I just became the executive director oh amazing um so I'm currently the only full-time staff member, and then we have two part-time employees. Um, Tara Tanini is our director of curriculum and mentorship, so she runs our teacher training and mentors our teachers. And then Julie Fernandez is out in L.A. running our program there. So we're by Coastal now, which is Amazing. super exciting. Um, and then we have 10 board members. 
Um, and then we have a whole roster of, of volunteer yoga teachers. Um, so we're, we're really lean uh, as an organization. Um, we had another executive director who actually just moved on to another role. Um, but Kimberly Campbell, Kimberly Campbell helps set up like a great foundation for us. Um, so I, I haven't had any nonprofit mentors and that's actually something I'm in the process of, of trying to seek yeah. out. Um, but I've had, I mean, I've had life mentors and I've also just had more than, more than like people telling me like, oh great, go do this, go do that. So mentors is maybe not even the right term. Like I've just had cheerleaders, right? And I think, (laughs) yeah, there's having people that fundamentally believe in you, I think is, you can't put a value on that. And, um, Two weeks ago, actually, we celebrated our fifth. We had a birthday party for Exhale Inhale. We mm-hmm. just turned five. Um, yeah. We had a, like a whole, like, you know, from your seventh birthday, like a whole sheet cake from Stu Leonard's. With our oh, my God. On I it. love a good sheet it cake. It was amazing. Marta, if you're listening, my friend Marta's obsessed with sheet cakes oh. from Publix. But anyways. Oh, my goodness. Let's, let's have a party. <laughs> but, you know, it was that event was just an amazing opportunity for all of us to be surrounded by people who have believed in us from day one, you know, and, um, people who like have your back in those times. I mean, because especially in the early days, there were moments where like, you know, we're like, is this going to work? I don't know. This is hard. And, and to have a team around you so that in the moments where you're like, I'm not going to throw in the towel. This is too much that someone else is always like, no, come on, this is worth it. And, and similarly, when, you know, someone else is like, it's too much work that you can be the cheerleader. So, um, I, I really, what my goodness, the last couple of years of of my life have taught me is that none of us are meant to do this alone. Um, so surrounding yourself with, with good people is, is the most important. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So can you walk us through what the difference between an exhale to inhale yoga class and a yoga class that we've all gone to is like, cool. So I will say that there are many ways to to teach or to practice trauma-informed yoga. Um, so different organizations, different teachers have their own style. Mm-hmm. Um, our methodology in particular, um, we've developed over the, the course of the last five years. So I often jokingly say, and I'm a yoga teacher myself, so if, I, if there are any yoga mm-hmm. teachers listening, please do not take offense to this, but your average yoga teacher is quite bossy. Mm-hmm. Breathe in, breathe out. Put your arm here. Put your leg there. Bend your knee deeper. Why is your left foot not turning out? Right? Like, mm-hmm. just do yeah. it better is often the message you can get in a yoga yeah. class. Um, we're not doing that in exhale to inhale classes. So um, our classes are all super invitational. I invite you to, if you're curious to try, this is option A, this is option B, and you have permission to sit there and stare at me. Often when I tell our students that, of like, you can just cross your arms and stare me down. They're like, they think it's hilarious. And they're like, that's so cool. Right. Because I had one yoga teacher tell me, not me, tell the class, like yeah. if you, if you need to just be in Shavasana the yeah. entire time, go do it. Permission. And I'm just like, damn, like I worked so much harder that class because yeah. I had the option to not. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, don't tell me what to do. Yeah. Like exactly. I'm going to do it so much harder if you tell me that I can do whatever I want. Cause then you know, it's a choice. Right. And right. I just find that in life of like when I'm reminded or I remind myself, like, wait, you have a choice. You can be here. You cannot, you can do this thing or not. You're like, Oh, I can do it. Sometimes better. Yeah, exactly. Um, so 
a, bi a big part of our, our practice is the invitational language. Um, physically, the practice looks super simple, right? So we are not standing on our heads. Um, we often practice from the yoga mat, but sometimes we practice from the chair, um, maybe due to a physical injury. But also, if you've never practiced yoga before and this person comes in and is like, okay, let's get down on these sticky mats on the floor, you're like, what? No, mm -hmm. floor's dirty, you know? Yeah. So if, if yoga is new to you, like that even idea of being on the yoga mat, maybe like, no. So, so we're flexible in terms of that. Um, and then we also make, you know, several refinements throughout the class to, as I said, like meet students where they're at. So individuals who have been through trauma are often hypervigilant, right? So they're kind of tracking everyone that's in the room. Um, so we always orient the class to face the door so that our students can see who's coming in and out of the room, right? Because, right, like I'm sitting currently with my back towards the door and I'm like, wait, who's going to be behind me? Versus like, you know, if you can see. Like a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. You, can, you have like more control. Control, safety, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. Um, our yoga teachers always practice from their own mat. One, so that our students can see like, what is it we're doing? Um, and two, again, if you're hypervigilant and the yoga teacher is walking around the room and you're constantly trying to track where she is, that's exhausting. Um, and then and like anxiety inducing, maybe yeah. a little triggering even. Yeah. Like, is she going to touch me? Is she exactly. Gonna, yeah. Is she going to come up behind me? Who is that? What's going on? Right. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're really trying to limit any of that interference. And then we actually don't offer any hands-on adjustments. Touch can be so healing, but in we've this often, specific case. Yeah, and yeah. with this specific type of trauma, when, you know, we may see a student over the course of many classes, but we may only see them once, right? So um, it's just, it's unnecessary, yeah. right? Um, and, and another aspect that we're very aware of, and this isn't even like, quote unquote, trauma informed, but this is just in terms of how we set up our programs, is we're trying to make yoga sustainable for, for the clients that we work with, right? So we're not bringing in bolsters and essential oils and blankets because great, they may have a like really nice experience in this class. And then our teacher leaves and they think, well, I can only do yoga if I have you know, $100 essential oils, a bolster and a blanket and fancy yoga pants, right? Um, so we're, we're trying to make it sustainable. And I mean, it works. We, we have many of our clients report back that we have to gift our clients yoga mats if they attend at least three classes. And then they'll come back to class and be like, I did it in my room. You know, like I love, I all you need, <laughs> all you need is, is, is a sticky mat yeah. or not even, right? You can even roll out your towel yeah. and, and do yoga in your room. Has there been a, a kind of like pivotal moment or like a, an encounter with someone that you've taught yoga to that has been, maybe it was like in the beginning phases or even now that has like really kind of like championed you to continue on this path? Like, is there, is there a woman that like told you this has changed my life? I literally do yoga every single day now and it's the tool that has helped me survive. I mean, it's so funny because I am fortunate. Everyone asks that question. Everyone's like, give me the one woman. And I wish I could be like, oh, it's Martha. It's better that it's not. Like it's, if there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of them. There's there's a lot of them. And um, as I said, it's like, it's those small little moments, right? Um, I mean, we had one, this was not my personal experience, but we had one client who was attending our classes regularly. When she first started coming to yoga, she was walking with a cane. 
right? And then by the end of the six-week series, like, she didn't have a cane anymore, you know? So that's obviously, like, oh, right, yoga works. Um, kind of the, the moment I was talking about earlier, um, I was up in one of our shelter partners in the Bronx a couple months ago and went to do one of those, like, pre-yoga chats with, with the clients. And, you know, I asked them, like, like, what do you think yoga is? Like, are you interested in doing yoga? Why would you want to do yoga? And this one woman, arms crossed, staring me down, was like, I'm really angry. I hope yoga will make me less angry. And I was like, you know, I get really angry too sometimes. And yoga's helped me with that. And she's like, like her eyes opened up. She uncrossed her arms. She's like, really? Right. And to like see that moment of like hope, like hope. of hope, of like, you know, like someone you, else feels this too. Yeah. Someone else feels this too. And like, I do get really angry and yoga does really help me. Right. It's not like yeah. I'm creating this story. Um, we had, we had one client too. who's like, we we're just talking to her about why, why do you like yoga? Like what's yoga like for you? And she's like, yoga feels like I'm loving myself. That's so beautiful. Mic drop. I'm like, okay. You know, wow. so it's, I mean, again, and then, and I'll end with this one, but like, as I said previously, you know, yes, it's about the, the clients that come to our class. Um, but for me, it's also about the yoga teachers who teach with us. Um, I have like five different names popping up in my head right now, but you know, a number of our teachers, um, have shared with me that like, working with exhale to inhale has helped them better understand themselves right many of them are survivors of trauma and they're like wow like i get it like i'm not just funny right like i've had trauma like i get this more about myself now and yoga has working with exhale to inhale has helped me in my healing journey like holding space for our students has helped me heal because I do often think that's like the final, not the, actually not final, because I don't think healing is something you like check a box on, box on and like pass go. But, you know, I think that one of the latter stages of healing is being of service and getting outside of yourself and kind of like passing the torch. Um, so knowing like the ripple effects of this work of like, it's not just about our students, but the individuals who are quote unquote like serving us by volunteering for us are healing and are and their lives are being changed too. I'm like, yeah. oh, you know, you think of like the, what's more powerful than that. Yeah, you think think of the ripple effects of that. Right. Like it's and hopefully one day someone in one of those classes, yeah, can get to that point yeah. of like obviously not checking the box like you said because they yeah. no no one yeah. gets there. Yeah, but gets to the point where they feel like they can serve and yeah. it just goes and goes and yeah. goes that way. No, it's. It's a problem. And the other thing I, I will say that's that's kind of cool about what we're doing and, and maybe a little unique is 50% of our classes are with clients or, or um, survivors who are receiving services in a shelter or an agency. And the other 50% of our classes are with staff members who work at these facilities. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah. It's so, you know, we and we caught on to this, I mean, I, I want to say like probably a year into into exhale to inhale, we realized that the individuals who are working in these facilities are, I mean, as are many of us, right, overworked and underpaid. But what is unique to what they are doing is their daily job is to hold space for and process other individuals' trauma. 
And that takes a toll, right? Vicarious trauma, burnout um, are real. And so for us to be able to offer yoga to these staff members, not only do they deserve it, right, as humans in their own right, and they deserve to, to be taken care of and take care of themselves, but then they're ultimately better able to show up for their clients. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, and they're also our best recruiters, right? right. Like, I walk into a, into a shelter and I'm like, come to yoga. And they're like, who is the crazy yoga lady? Right, like they have more trust in them also. Like exactly. they feel like if they're having a moment of anxiety and they're like, stick your stomach out as much as yeah. you can right now, yeah. and they're teaching them that tool. Yeah from a trusted source, yeah. like you're helping. You're like helping. That. No, and even like, you know, if your case manager is like, hey, yeah, I didn't think yoga was going to be for me either, but I went last Tuesday. This was my experience. This is literally what I wore. This is what the yoga teacher was like. Why don't you come next Tuesday? Much more likely to come than like right. just a flyer up on the wall. Totally. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, so I guess what, how can people help? Like how, how can other people get involved and in like, even if it's not for this organization, cause like this may not resonate with other people. I feel like your mission is like far wider than just this specific thing. Like helping people connect to other organizations that like be the you, like be the middleman. Like what if there's someone listening that also wants to start an organization? Like what are your tips for that person? Amazing. Um, so I think if, if you're someone that that wants to start an organization, my advice is do it. Um, you know, in retrospect, in retrospect, maybe I should have had like a business plan and, and been a little more thought out, but I do think you could fall into analysis paralysis and then never start. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, you, you do need to be strategic and things, think things through, but start, see, see what it feels like. Right. And I think when we talk about discovering your passion, discovering what you're meant to do, Again, just like healing, I don't think that's ever like check the bark box, I've got it. I think it's like a moment to moment of like, hey, does this, just like yoga. Hey, how do I feel like now? Okay, how do I feel like now? Okay, how do I feel now? Right, and I think if moment to moment things are tracking the right way, then you're, then you're doing the right thing and, and things grow and evolve. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like it's so loaded and like I know that this podcast is about trying to like find the things that light you up and I, I say things because I don't think that there's just one thing and like maybe in your 20s that thing is one thing and in your 30s it's something else but ha figuring out like what that is even if it's like the slightest interest yeah. in the first place like I think that that's the biggest stepping stone and where a lot of people do have analysis paralysis um so what would kind of be your goal for exhale to inhale like right now like how can we help yeah so how can you help? I think one, just talking about this, I, I think there is a large conversation going on right now about um, survivors, domestic violence, sexual assault. So, you know, participating in those conversations, realizing that this form of violence impacts so many people, mm -hmm. right? The statistic is one in three, but that's, I think we can all agree that is way underreported. Mm -hmm. um, so I think having conversations about, you know, this type of violence and holding space for healing, um, you know, both 
I, I do think it all begins on the individual level. So, right, like really taking care of yourself, getting yourself resourced enough so that you can participate in helping make this world a better place. Similar to your facility manager. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If like put on your own oxygen mask first. Um, in terms of Excel to Inhale specifically, we're always looking for donors. Um, you know, and that can be, you know, write us a check, send us money. Um, but I also know that a lot of people these days are looking to be involved in community and to take action. So, you know, you can host a, a yoga class or a spin class to raise funds for us and, and help spread the word that way. Um, if you're a yoga teacher in the New York or Los Angeles area, um, you know, you can teach for us. Um, so there are, there are many ways to get involved um, with us. I think there's, you know, my ultimate goal, which I know is not going to happen in my lifetime, is would be to work myself out of a job, right? Like, great, you know, this is no longer an issue. Everyone's resourced. Let's go. Um, and I know that's not happening in my lifetime. So I'm really focusing on the depth of our programming and not only, you know, working to, to bring yoga to as many you know, clients and staff members at our facilities, but also making sure we're having a true impact and you know, getting consistency in terms of retu- returning students. Um, so, so that's for exhale to inhale specifically. I think, you know, I guess just the, the broader question of like passion, active ingredient to, to return to that quickly. Um, you know, I think sometimes there is this urge to like create your own thing. And I think that's that's beautiful and that's brilliant, but also like look around and see if there's someone that is already doing what you are envisioning or someone you can partner with. Like don't reinvent the wheel if there's someone that you can join forces with, right? Again, we're not meant to do this alone. So I think that's my first piece of advice is like, don't make it harder than it needs to be. And then if for whatever reason you, you know, decide like, great, I do need to build my own thing you know, bring other people into the conversation with you. Be strategic, but but just start. And don't be a lone wolf. Yeah, don't be a lone wolf. Um, you know, I know that I would not be sitting here today as executive director of Excel to Inhale with a five-year-old organization if I had kept this as small as me and my own Google Doc. Right. You know, um, it's really a beautiful community effort. And manifestation of your... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's, um, you know, and it's like, it, it, it heals me and it teaches me about myself. And, you know, it's, again, I started all of this because I have loved ones who are survivors. And for me, that made me sad and angry and confused. And I, rather than just like sitting with that, mm-hmm. you know, I decided to do something about that, to create a space that I wish had existed. Um, and I feel like when you're coming from like an honest place like that, um, there's a different vibration feel. to it. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. You can just sense it. Yeah. So how do your friends that you kind of like modeled this after feel about you starting this organization or how do they feel when you did start it? So they all know, they all, you know, like my handful of people know that, hey, you were part of my inspiration for this. Um, I mean, they say like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, I mean, it's no small feat. Yeah, it's, 
now this is where I start to get goosebumps. Yeah. Like to, to hear, you know, those women who are, are some of the women that are, you know, the strongest and the most lovely and lovable humans that I know to hear them say like, I'm so proud of what you've built. It's just like, again, like I keep saying this phrase, but like, yeah. yeah, And it, it breaks my heart in the most beautiful way. Like I think there's like heartbreak can be beautiful. And in the last year in particular, I felt my heart break in like beautiful ways where I'm like, how is this my life? How is this my life? And, and those, those moments, right. Of, you know, getting feedback from, from my loved ones or, you know, getting to be in the shelter with our students. Um, you know, I guess you'd call it the active ingredient, right? Like those are the moments that sustain me through like, shit, I have to answer a hundred emails, you know? Um, because there's a greater purpose. I read a book once that was like, when you're in those moments where you're like, I have another two hours of work and you're like, fuck, I really cannot get myself to do it. Like take a moment to step back and like say a prayer or something Mm. for something greater that you want to accomplish. And that those two hours you're, that you're so lucky to be able to have those two hours to do it. Yeah. No. And look, like I, I worked my two first two and a half years out of college in a management consulting firm and it was a great experience. And in many ways, it provided me with, you know, many of the skill sets that are an asset to me with Excel to inhale. I was definitely making a ton more money then. Right. Um, but the meaning that I get from from Excel to inhale, like, far exceeds that. And yes, it's hard work, but it's not... It feeds you. It feeds me, and it also doesn't feel... You know, like right now I'm kind of like always working and never working. Right. right? Like there's definitely moments of like, oh man, I got to figure this out. But it's not, yeah, it feeds me instead of draining me. Right. It satiates you. It's like mm-hmm. it, it, it fills you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. So it, like in that, ex- in that sense, I feel lucky. And I know, like, and I, I say this sometimes and people are like, don't, you know, don't sell yourself short. But like, I do feel like thank God, like, thank God that, like, I feel like so many stars had to align for, for this all to happen. Um, I mean, they align, but they align for people that are also putting it out there yeah. that allow the alignment to happen. Yeah. You know? And then hustle. And, and then you hustle. Right. right. And then you hustle to get to the next star yeah. that's going to align you to the next one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I completely agree. Do not sell yourself short. <laughs> your journey has been incredible. See, so, you're one of my cheerleaders. <laughs> no, seriously. We got to talk after this. <laughs> Um, so I always close out the podcast by asking kind of like a funnier question to lay in the room a little bit. Um, what is your literal, literal active ingredient as in, is it coffee? Is it matcha? Like what gets you through the day? Cold Cold brew. brew. Amazing. I can't, I I have it in my fridge waiting for me in the morning. Amazing. From where? Well, I used to get the whole foods cold brew, but now I'm trying to be a little more sustainable and, um, I'm getting the pre-bought Grady's. Is it Grady's? I don't know. Sponsorship? I don't know. (laughs) Hook it up. Um, like I'm sending all my podcasters their active ingredients. So choose wisely. (laughs) You're like Gucci bag. (laughs) Uh, Tiffany's. (laughs) Tiffany's diamonds. Um, no, like literally stumble from bed to the fridge, dump it in a cup, like drink it. Uh, People, again, people who are like, I don't drink coffee. I'm like, I don't trust you. I'm sitting here with a coffee. Uh, what time is it? Four. Four. <laughs> I totally get it. Well, thank you so much. So where can people donate? Where can we follow you? 
Where is everything? Amazing. So um, everything exhales, inhale, you can find us at exhale2, which is the letters T-O, inhale.org. And then you can follow me personally on Instagram. It's Zoe LePage NYC. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please take a second to rate and review us. And for more inspiration and quotes from the episode, check us out on Instagram at Active Ingredient. See you guys next time.